episode 197, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 4, episode 21, The Return. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Agent Samantha, Ninja in Training, with... Agent Stu from the UP, and I don't have a pasty tonight. I'm sorry, guys. And and, and to, my, to my other side is... Hey, Samantha? Yeah? Where, where, where's Ben? Oh, he's not here this week. That's but, right. But... <laughs> How, how do we have, how do we have, I mean, I know we don't have Dandy Daniel Butcher, but how do we have an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast without, without Ben? I don't know. Um, I guess we'll have to, you know, wing it or something. This is weird. This is, do you know what this means? What, what does this mean? This is the first Welcome to Level 7 podcast without one of the founders. No, it's the first. No? It's the first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Welcome to Level 7 podcast without one of the founders. Well, I mean, you're not going to hear the voices of either Daniel or Ben at all in this episode. Because before, you know, Ben would kind of come in and introduce you and then you would come in or however. But, yeah, they're not gone completely. They're still working in the background. Yes, absolutely, for sure. They're not gone completely. Um, life is being life, and um, Ben is taking a, a, a time to celebrate life. That makes it sound way worse than it is. He's just taking a vacation, <laughs> you guys. You guys, I promise it's, it's all good. It's all good. So, yeah. <laughs> so Ben's not here. It's just Samantha and I. We're going to do a little bit of news because there ain't much, and then we're going to talk about the show and see what happens from there. All right? All right. right. Shield intelligence report. So that that's news. News guy. Hey, I'm a news guy. Let's talk about the news. Um, there's some Inhuman stuff coming. Woohoo! In September. Don't know much more about that. There's a cast photo. Looks pretty sweet. We're gonna have Inhumans and Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways to deal with. Yay! Um, uh, Shield has um maintained its ratings. I don't know if it's gone up or down, but it's it, the ratings are looking good and as of yet there's no announcement one way or the other whether or not we're going to get a season 5. So Agent Ricky, if you're still listening, there's still hope, buddy. There's still hope. Uh, uh I'm going to guess by the time the 200th episode of Welcome to Level 7 comes out, we are going to have an announcement about that. Either yeah. way, Okay, so three weeks. That means there's one episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. left, right? Right. Hmm. One more a, left. <laughs> that's going to be an interesting, that's going to be an interesting thing if we go, if we end season four without knowing where we're at the other. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. But, but if, if Marvel on TV weren't, if we didn't have enough Marvel on TV, I did see a trailer today for The Gifted, which is the new X-Men show, uh, oh. which I didn't post that. I just remembered about it. Um, we'll post it in the show notes. Uh, I was, was about to say, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> uh, it's it's the it, I mean, I can only think it's Beverly Hills 90210X. <laughs> X Beverly Hills on 0210. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's another one of those shows on Fox. So it means it'll probably get canceled in a week. Um, <laughs> They've gotten better over the past 15 years. I will admit that. Fox, you you have toyed with my heartstrings one too many times. We all remember Wash. We're done now. That's no, I, I see. Say. I, I um, the lineup of who is in charge at um. Yes, I know. Fox Television has changed, so at I have forgiven them since then. <laughs> 
I know, I know. So I've given the, forgiven them in the meantime because I can't be mad at Fox anymore because it's different people now. Okay. So how can I dare be mad at people who had nothing to do, do with canceling Firefly in the first place? So, yeah, got to let that know. go. No, no, never forget. Never forget. Uh, but, oh, are you kidding me? They're begging Joss Whedon to bring back Firefly. I, know. I think and that's great. I want him to do just, like, audio dramas. I don't want him to do... Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so if there wasn't enough Marvel television on TV, we're going <laughs> to get a, um animated Deadpool. Okay. Sure. FXX, which I guess is the, you know, adult version of FX is getting... <laughs> is, is has greenlit uh, ten episodes of... Uh, a Deadpool animated series, which I don't know about that, but I'm sure Ben won't watch it. So <laughs> there's that. I I still have not seen the movie. Yeah. And I'm waiting for FX to release their television edited version. So, okay. So the trailer. Um, because apparently, apparently <laughs> VidAngel is illegal right now. So. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Did it become illegal? It's, it's, it's illegal now. Um, I, to be yeah. fair, I'm not sure how VidAngel would have done the Deadpool movie. Because <laughs> once you, like, take out... Unless... I don't know. Did VidAngel... Um, how did VidAngel censor curse words? Um, it would go silent for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and my brother and sister-in-law had it when it was legal. And they played an episode of... Uh, Game of Thrones, and they put on all the filters just to see what would happen, and they only get about five minutes of the show. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's what's going to happen for the Deadpool. If you're going to try to watch it on VidAngel, you might as well just watch the trailer. No, not the Red Band trailer, because that's going to be too much. Um, just watch the regular trailer, um, and you'll be fine. There you go. It's it's not for kids, ladies and gentlemen. Deadpool no. and the Deadpool animated is not for kids. No, it's not. No, I promise. I promise you, it's not. Uh, all right. So that's all the news I got to fit. Okay. To, that's fit to print. All right. Do we even well, print things anymore? But whatever. I do at my house. I. But I'm just. Yeah, I, I'm very tactile. I like to have it in my hand. So. Supposedly, I, I work in a paperless office, yet I spend a good chunk of my time printing things. So there's that. I believe it. Okay. Well, anyways, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is this? The field? No, not the field report. The mission report. The mission report. Okay. Yes. I'm going to sit right. back and let you uh, let you do the, the recap. Okay. Mission report. Okay, so just before I begin, you should know that all of the Ivanov LMDs, the Russian LMDs, I have renamed them individually based on what they're wearing, except for one guy, and you will see why. <laughs> okay. Because they all do different things in the episode, so they need nicknames. Okay. So it, it opens down on the oil rig. Uh, the first Ivanov LMD, uh, his nickname is Gray Sweater. He comments to another one nicknamed Hammer Guy um, that there are there are some funny passages in the dark hold. They hear a noise in the next room. Gray Sweater goes to investigate. His he first hears Coulson order made to take the shot on Ada, and then sees through a doorway Ada slash Ophelia Bamp fits and herself out of there. Coulson and May are frustrated and still recovering from the framework. They speculate that Ada, with the assistance of Hydra, was collecting inhuman powers in the framework. Coulson tells May that it's great to see the real her again, and they're lucky to be out. Sweater interrupts them and lets him know that it wasn't luck since he had restrictions placed on him. And now those restrictions have just been lifted because they wanted to shoot Ada. Coulson tells May to go ahead and shoot Gray Sweater. She does, and they immediately realize that's not, a, not enough to hurt him. They tussle. Gray Sweater knocks May down, then pins down Coulson with a gun under his chin. 
Gray Sweater amuses that Coulson no longer has shield to hide behind, and Coulson uses irony by activating the shield in his robotic arm, which was developed developed in a shield R&D lab and has the shield logo on it to slice open Gray Sweater's head and destroy the, his dark cold brain. More importantly, it's Captain America. May. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, it's it's the it's shield the logo, logo on the shield. Cap- he modeled that after Cap. Okay. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, May, who hasn't been around, been really been around since we last saw Robbie Reyes, ask if if robots are now a common thing, and Coulson replies that she missed a fair amount. They hear a noise in the first room, back in the first room, and see Hammer Guy in another LMD, Black Jacket. Coulson hits a button and closes the blast door, followed by May quipping, It's good to be back. Close the blast doors! Close the blast doors! Open the blast doors! Close the blast doors! Go for the blast doors! (laughs) I was was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Anyways... (laughs) We get the title card, Act 1. Zephyr 1 and the crew, Agents Piper, Davis, and Prince. Formerly known um, as, or just regular? Okay. Just regular. Is holding tight against enemy enemy fire despite being low-powered. Daisy and Simmons keep oh, low-powered and low-fueled. Daisy and Simmons keep handing out orders, but the crew is already a step ahead of them. When Yo-Yo asks about Mac, they're interrupted to find that a passageway is on fire on the way down to the onboard anti-aircraft weapons area. Um, yeah, I just thought of the Millennium Falcon and, and Han and Luke running for the gun- guns. They were going towards that kind of section. <laughs> Anyways, Daisy inquires who is firing on them. And in another scene, Coulson answers that, that same question to May. She now knows about LMD May. All she remembers is getting hit on the head and wishing she stayed in the framework spa. When she asks if Coulson had known right away that she had been replaced, he replies that she's never been robotic at all, very sarcastically. As series of questions follow, I'm sorry, a series of questions follow. While messy is a relative term in how things went down with the LMD, Coulson sidesteps her inquiries because he figured it out after he opened his heart to not May. She asks how things went down with Robbie and his uncle, and Coulson explains that he dragged his crazy uncle off to another... He, meaning Robbie, dragged his crazy uncle off to another dimension with his hellfire chain. May looks a bit jealous after she missed all the fun, and she wants to open up that bottle of of Hague? That's is it pronounced what I Hague? thought. I've never heard of such a drink, but I don't. I don't drink alcohol unless I have a cold, so I don't know. Um, I've just never heard of it. I, I would gladly have more alcohol. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's sure. a whiskey. Because why not? Hague. It sounds kind of German, or maybe it could be like I mean, Scottish. What, I don't know. Google. So while you're doing that, I'm gonna go look yeah. up what Hague is. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Uh, okay, so May looks a bit jealous after she missed all the fun, and she wants to open up that bottle of Hague after they get out of their current situation. Escape is not an easy option since Mac is still in the room with them and plugged into the framework, and unplugging him now could fry his brain. So now they need to take control of the base while still barely being able to stand. Hopefully... Help should be on the way, but the Zephyr crew is still working on how to take out the fire, which is eating up their oxygen and they're losing altitude. They need to get they need to get to a heavy duty power cable on the other side of the fire. As Simmons is explaining the procedure, Yo-Yo puts out the fire and Yo-Yo's the cable into their side of the fire or where it was, because at this point it's out. They need to plug this cable into another in the avionics bay, but they're slightly too short to be the the cables are slightly too short to be easily plugged together. As they struggle with the cords, the enemy plane has switched positions and is right in front of them, going kamikaze at the last possible second. They are able to connect the cables and fire on the other aircraft. Now they need to make their way to the oil rig, and Simmons is worried about Fitz because he woke from a nightmare where he was the monster. 
We cut to Fitz and Ophelia on on a beach. Ophelia is relishing in her new ability to feel anything. Fitz feels a bit sick because of all the awful things that he did. Ophelia says it was all a simulation created by Radcliffe, but Fitz remembers that she was there by his side the whole time doing horrific things to her. Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> doing horrific things for her. Ophelia says that she didn't have a choice because she was still under Radcliffe's programming. They reflect on the changes to Fitz's life with the restoring of the relationship to his father and meeting Ophelia at, at the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy on the first day. She says that she finally got to connect with someone in the framework, but outside of it, in an organic body, she can actually feel and make her own choices. And she chooses him! Ophelia takes his hand and bamps him away, leaving the ocean waves to erase their footsteps in the sand. End Act 1. So you got anything to say about this? Nope. I'm still looking for what drink they drank. Okay. See, I have some notes. Um, okay, so back when with the Ivanov LMDs, gray sweater, uh, the first thing he hears is actually the um, the uh, framework slash dark hold um, organic printer. <laughs> it's like a 3D right. printer, but it's like a, but it's dark hold right, technology. Good. Yeah, but it goes there's there's a weird time warp where it goes immediately from that machine finishing to uh, very quickly going to Ada Banthing um fits out of there and I know it took a lot longer than what they showed but it television sometimes you got to tighten for uh pacing. So there you go. There you go. I will also say, for Daniel's sake, I was very tense hmm. for the first act. Because <laughs> it was jumping from one thing to another to another to another. And I have to say that once Radcliffe was dead, um, Ophelia said that she was, um, while she was in the framework, that she was under Radcliffe's programming. But I don't entirely believe her. I think she did have some choice in the framework. Well, I think in this case, choice is a is a tricky mistress because she she made lots of choices but played it like oh i did never have a choice but she made lots of choices let's not you know she chose she she chose to have this thing rather than that thing and it's it's a weird yeah i don't uh, i don't buy her oh no i was so choiceless i didn't have anything to do Okay, yeah, so you're saying she, she made choices within the parameters of her programming? I, I feel like yeah. she did the, the thing that kids often do, which is, oh, oh, not touching, can't get mad, not touching, can't get mad, which is not good. <laughs> yeah, Ophelia sto- sort of goes through um, a period of growth just within the, the frame of this whole episode from maybe an infant to... A jealous oh, teenager. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we will see how that continues on. Did you ever find out about Hague? No. I'm still looking. And no? I can't. I am not seeing it. So uh, let's just move on. I'm. Maybe it's a fictional brand. Oh, maybe it's a within the yeah, show. Maybe it's a brand. Um, and I'm just gonna guess it's some sort of whiskey or vodka or something like that. Something that's kind of for the tough guys, you know. It may count as a tough guy, so there's that. It's true. Yeah. Okay, on to Act Two. Okay, on the Zephyr. Daisy's explanation about why Mac is still in the framework has turned into an argument. Yo-Yo thinks Daisy should have done everything, including breaking his legs to get him out. But the temperament stops when Daisy says that he didn't want to leave Hope, his daughter. Yo-Yo doesn't need an explanation to who that is, but in the framework, she's bright, adorable, and 10 years old. Yo-Yo is a bit astonished that he would do that, but on the framework side, Mac doesn't know Yo-Yo at all. 
She wants to go into the framework, but Daisy stops her because it is no place for an inhuman. And she she's needed in the real world to protect Mac and help find Coulson and the others who don't know where they are. Back on the rig, Coulson realizes that they're in, on an oil rig, an oil rig that was built during the 1950s. He remembers from being a history teacher. May finds saline, B12 shots, and epinephrine, which is a type of an adrenaline. She wants to use it to fight against the LMDs. Coulson thinks that's dangerous and it'll kill her. May retorts that he'll have to give her mouth-to-mouth and things get a little awkward again. She asks if her LMD tried to make a move on him, as in kill him, and he assures her that the LMD was destroyed. So, here's my question on that. Why uh-huh. didn't Coulson just use his shield, like, every single time he fought them? I don't know. Was he not close enough to them to do that? Well, yeah, but he still could have, you know, used it, like, like Cap does, and, like, you know, hit people with it. But whatever. Well, can he d- detach that shield from no, his arm? No, but he could use it in close combat. Oh, true, yeah. I don't think it can turn into a projectile. Although that would be cool, wouldn't it? That would be cool. So we now have more work for Fitz. Get on that. (laughs) Okay. Well, while we were taking a break from the explanation, I would say all that stuff about adrenaline putting into your heart to make it go faster or whatever, that's a TV medical myth, and don't do that in real life. (laughs) B12 shots, actually, they're excellent for colds. Saline every day. Uh, but <laughs> that's just basically salt water. Epinephrine, don't do that. Not unless you have a doctor around. If you learned anything from Pulp Fiction, that should be it. Yeah, yeah, that stuff from Pulp, fi- Pulp Fiction, it's it's fake. No, it's not real. Samantha, are you sure? I was talking to my best friend who is a nurse. I'm sure. I, I'm I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm also sure. Okay. Pulp Fiction is not a good medical course, kids. Don't don't listen to Pulp Fiction. No, it's no, it's not. Especially and especially don't listen to Stuart for medical advice. That's also true. Don't do that either. <laughs> okay. So back on the Zephyr, Simon asks who they were, why they're low on power and fuel. Agents Piper, Davis, and Prince who are pretty much the redcoats of, or <laughs> redcoats, the red shirts of this episode. No, I think they're a little bit more than red shirts. They, they, they can hold their own. They're somewhere between red shirts and main cast. Yeah. They're the, so they're featured, they're, they're featured, featured extras. extras. Well, they, at this they point. actually, because they have lines, they actually got paid more than an extra wage. True. So they're just, they're just featured small feet. They're just featured small featured and roles. Die soon, so it's all good. So we're gonna keep going. Yeah, because of the red shirts. <laughs> Anyways, Piper, Davis, and Prince showed their uh, their new the news uh, show Simmons the news footage uh, with Colonel Mustache. That's who I have in my notes. What's what's his what is, is his Talbot, name? But on this show, we call him the Talbot. Stash. Oh, yes, the stash. The stash is yay, back. Yay, stash is back. Uh, yay. Now, now, now all Daniel needs is a little bit of hey, girl, and he'll be he'll be one happy camper. <laughs> and Ben might be a Sorry, Ben might be a, a a grumpy camper. Yes, I was gonna say something else <laughs> that Ben doesn't like to be called, but grumpy camper is better. Anyways. Uh, the stash is back, uh, and he's in a news conference answering press questions and, um, about the explosion at the Shield headquarters a few days back. Because you have to remember, it's only been about ten days. Has it only been ten days? It's uh, it's, it's been ten days since Shield headquarters blew up. See, in my rewatching this, I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess it did blow up." And initially, <laughs> when he comes on and is like, "Shield blew up," 
I was like, oh, they're still in the framework. They just went from, you know, level one of framework to level two of the framework. So they're still trapped inside of it. But but no, it, right. it was actually, they're just, <laughs> I'm just forgetful <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> okay, so they're at the press conference. Um, Talbot's an- answering questions. Um, and... In his investigation, he's he's uh, there is speculation that Daisy Johnson was behind the whole explosion. Of course not. Oh, why does everything blamed on her? Well, because she's the inhuman. Uh, she's the problem. Yeah. He's the she's the token inhuman in Shield. Hmm. Mm. Um, the stash promises to track down those responsible for the explosion. In the real world version of Madame Hydra's apartment. Fitz is still a bit of a Fitz is still in a bit of a shock. Ophelia felt that a familiar space would help, but it it is too much. She didn't understand sentimental attachment until now. She wants to learn to the feel of his touch. Oh my! Um, but he's a little bit unnerved by it. He asks if her if she can feel empathy. She can, but it's all new to her. They talk about how ruthless she was with and his father's involvement in his life in the framework. But she says it was all an effort to be with him. She was just programmed to make him and all the others be happy. Fitz asks about the others and what the Russian is planning for his friends. On the oil rig, the Ivanov LMDs, Black Jacket and Hammer Guy are preparing an attack on Colson May and the incapacitated Mac. They hotwire the blast doors to open Hammer Guy steps on an empty vial of epinephrine and is attacked by May. A fight ensues and between the two LMDs versus Coulson and May. Coulson electrifies Black Jacket, who steps in a puddle of water, and May hammers Hammer Guy to death. And then May collapses. The two agents question why the LMDs didn't flood the place, and then Coulson realizes that they were stalling. In another part of the rig... Another Ivanov LMD in a white tee, who now will will be called White Tea, organizes others who are loading the submarine. He orders to detach the sub and fires torpedoes on the rig. So, in Act 3, Coulson is trying to keep an exhausted May awake and looks for a way to the surface. And then he tries to confess that what he... What was going on while she wasn't around and then only admits to drinking the bottle of Hague just for, before a wall is hit by a torpedo. Hey, Hague is uh, a scotch whiskey. Oh, I knew it. Also known as Dimple Dimple Pinch. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a scotch whiskey that I don't know that you could get in the States. I don't know. Probably. Probably can. Um, so anyways, let's see. Colson tries to confess what was going on, but then he kind of chickens out and admits that he only drank that the only sin that the only thing that happened um while she was out was drinking up that bottle of Hague and she's not happy. But this is interrupted because a wall is hit by a torpedo. The room is flooding. They discuss an escape plan that includes saving Mac and settle on getting her to a safe place first. At the apartment, Fitz tries to figure out how to get the other agents out of the oil rig. Ophelia feels panic and anxiety with a thousand thoughts going through her head. But Fitz helps her focus by asking her what she feels um, what she should do. She feels scared and the f- and feels the fear of death. Fitz argues that if she really feels love, then she can feel compassion. He begs her to do the right thing because his friends don't want to die either. On the rig, May and Coulson fight to escape while water floods the room with a framework interface with Max still in it. On the sub, Ophelia bamps in, fr- in front of White Tea Guy. Uh, Ophelia asks him to call off his dogs because she doesn't want anyone to get hurt. But White Tea lampshades the irony that she was just she was trying to remove everyone from suffering from regret um, and regret. But now she feels it. 
She orders White T to stop his men, but she no longer has control over him. He notes that she is like an infant feeling things for the first time. She threatens him, but it doesn't matter because the LMD body is expendable and his human head is hidden from her. His plan is in motion and there is nothing to stop it now. Ophelia bamps back to the apartment to get fits and then bamps away. On the surface of the rig, the Zephyr has arrived. Daisy helps May to get to the containment module as Yogo asks Coulson about Mac's whereabouts. They head for the elevator, but they find the elevator has dropped and a giant fireball is making its way up the shaft. Uh, Simmons radios in from the Zephyr that the stairway has collapsed too. Yogo refuses to leave without Mac. We see a shot of water rising around Mac's face and then a flash of blue light in the Zephyr cargo bay brings in Ophelia Fitz and a still incapacitated Mac who is wearing framework headgear. Fitz congratulates Ophelia who feels elation from her success and then she's suddenly iced. Fitz turns around to see Simmons holding an icer and she ices him too. Simmons radios to the team that she has Mac and the containment module flies away just in time for the rig to collapse in a fiery mess. When she shot Ophelia, I was Mm -hmm. pretty pretty. uh, My theory that they were still in the framework was absolutely confirmed. And then it's not. So (laughs) that's what happened. But I again, I was like, okay, well, they're they're not in the framework. And this time Gemma is, you know, the bad guy or whatever. Right. By the way, if you wanted to purchase a bottle of Hag, I can't find one, but the one price I did find was about 300 bucks. So, oh, good for Colson for, you know, for putting a little bit of of work in there. I really should get a government job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, I was going to say something. Oh, the head, the human head. Um uh, Ivanov's head. Uh, I predict that it will be found before the end of the season, so next episode. And if, if not, then maybe he'll be back next season. I guess as long as there are LMDs and he's still alive. Yeah. Or that head is still around. Yeah. You know? I feel like the head can be one of those things where where they go, um, Oh, we need an evil robot guy. Let's use the head. And then, you know, they never find it again. And then they find it when they need to find it, and they don't ever find it again. Oh, what do they call it? A MacGuffin? A MacGuffin, yeah. Yeah. He feels like a MacGuffin. He's always felt like a MacGuffin. This is the first episode where I've watched it and went, oh, okay, he's actually kind of, you know, a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where are we now? Act four. On the Zephyr, Mac is hooked back into the framework and apparently doing well enough as Yo-Yo watches over him. The plane approaches S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and the team finds it to be a gigantic mess. May and Coulson ask who did it, the explosion. And Daisy and Simmons tell them that it was the result of a standoff between their LMD counterparts. The Zephyr lands in what's left of the hangar. The team takes in what's left of the base. The photo of Mace at, I think it's Luxembourg? Was that I the think Luxembourg? it's Luxembourg. I've never, okay. I don't think we have more information than that, but yeah, I think it's Luxembourg. Okay, so the photo of Mace in Luxembourg, where it, it's believed that he saved someone, but he didn't, they find it, uh, and they find the, the large containment room still intact. So the containment module is loaded into the larger room with the iced Ophelia and fits inside of it. The team discusses that they had no choice coming to the base because they needed to refuel and the containment room is the only place to hold Ada since it was able to hold Gordon, who has the same inhuman skill set. Despite Yogo volunteering, Coulson doesn't want to kill Ada because she's now human and she saved has saved Max's life. She's different. There's been enough killings. Simmons asks what it was like to wake up from the framework, from their framework lives. It was not like a dream. It was a life. Simmons asks if this life feels as real as the framework, but she walks off mid-sentence. 
Or she begins to ask if it was as real as the framework. Um, and the others realize that she's really afraid that Fitz is still in, in love with Ada. In the containment module, Fitz wakes up to find Ophelia already awake. She's watching a simulated view of a scenic lake on a TV, and she sees the irony since she's trapped in the room. It's a punishment. He thanks her for saving Max's life, and she asks if she can be forgiven. Fitz thinks they will in time, but he is the one they cannot forgive. Outside of the room, Simmons watches the two talk and uh, on closed-circuit television, and she, she's quickly approaching tears. Fitz laments that he was the one to make the choices that he did in the framework. Those choices were his, and he's struggling with it. Ophelia argue, argues that it was learned behavior pro, programmed into him by an overbearing father figure, and Fitz realizes that he is just like Ward. Overwrought by emotion, he questions how he, she, Simmons, can bear to even look at him. In the corridor... Simmons is moved to tears as she watches. Ophelia explains that the reason she wanted to get close to him was to understand what their relationship, what their relationship um, was like. Uh, the relationship between himself and Simmons. He says that his future with Simmons is dead. There is no room for his heart in his heart for two people. Ophelia now understands how deeply he loves. It's sad, but beautiful, like a pain that feels good. Ophelia is about to say that there's only room in his heart for herself, but Fitz cuts her off to say there's only room in his heart for Simmons. This upsets Ophelia. For the first time, she feels rage and jealousy. In the bay, Colonel Stash makes an untimely arrival and assumes that Colson and, and company are all LMDs. Of course. <laughs> And the um, quake almost quakes him, and that would have been cool. But. Yeah. But, you know, he's just the stash, so, she, you know, she only would have ruffled the little hairs on his <laughs> lip. <laughs> um, so Fitz tries to explain to Ophelia that she can't control everyone in the real world, but she tries to bamp them out of there, insisting that she'll make him love her. He escapes the module where he's rescued through the... the um, Containment modules back door by agents Davis, Piper, and Prince. Yay! They think that they are all safe from Ophelia, but Fitz reveals that that um, this is not her only power set. In the containment room, Ophelia rages and throws electricity to short out the walls and disappears. Okay, that's the end of Act. Um, the the scene between Fitz and Ophelia where they're talking about love and choices oh gosh okay somebody needs to nominate them because that was that was an amazing scene there's very good acting very yeah. very good acting in this yeah. in this episode um and and but, the directing is also very good too so yeah i guess that's what happens when your sister's the head writer <laughs> or your your brother or no it's Moe's Moe and Jed are the head writers and Moe's brother Kevin was the director of this episode oh okay okay so on to act five mm -hmm. uh, amazing act amazing amazing act Coulson tries to convince Mustache that they're not LMDs but he insists they're a bunch of C-3PO's Yay for Star Wars reference again. Um, mustache describes the injury and death toll in detail. Uh, yeah, it was kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> he wants Coulson to explain everything in 50 words or less. And Coulson says he'll try. Uh, Fitz and the agents try to escape Ophelia, but they're stopped by Mustache's men. Ophelia bamps in and kills one soldier. Uh, Coulson explains the situation to Mustache, who, of course, doesn't believe him. They hear over the radio that she's everywhere. Mustache thinks it's Yo-Yo, but Mays, May knows it's Ada. Fitz, Fitz escapes again with Agent Prince, who is killed by Ophelia when she finds them. Piper full, pulls Fitz back into the containment module where Davis unloads a whole clip of bullets into Ophelia, where Fitz screams that Ophelia can't be stopped. 
The module is is uploaded to the Zephyr. Fitz yells that they must run. The others hesitate. The module is uploaded to the Zephyr. Fitz yells that they must run. The others hesitate, but he appeals to May, who is the only one, the only other one from the framework who knew about the testing on the inhumans. Mustache pulls a gun on May, who runs for the cockpit, but Daisy counteracts his move. She dares him to try to shoot. And Fitz apologizes to Piper because Davis is already dead. Back inside the base, Davis walks away from Ophelia, who he thinks is dead, but she rises back up and runs after him. And I guess after this, we can presume that he is dead, in fact. Yeah, I would think he's dead. Yeah. The Zephyr begins to take off, and Coulson tells him they're going with or without Mustache's men. Uh, Mustache uh, orders his men to fall back, and they go to look for more bodies in the base. Later in the Zephyr, Simmons comes across Fitz still in the module. Without a word, she takes him into her arms and forgives him. Yay, Fitzsimmons! Yay! Yay! So they are now officially off Death Watch. Their relationship, I mean. Which means that they're, which means that they're so going, one of them's so going to die. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> these two oh. kids can't be, or, or, or shotgunned to like a distant planet or something. Yeah. Or I could see them maybe going to like the future. Like some sort of time travel parallel universe thing. Yeah. Elsewhere, Daisy and Coulson are, dis- are discussing that they need to keep moving, and they realize that they didn't see Yo-Yo in the last confrontation. In the Zephyr's framework interface, they find her hooked up in alongside Mac. In the sub, White White Tea Guy tries to explain to Ophelia that she's experiencing heartbreak. Her powers cannot heal the wound, only time. He offers her a drink, and she says that to be human is to suffer. He tries to discuss the Darkhold with her. She may be one of the things beyond this universe, but she is still feeling the pain. White Tea offers to rebuild the world like the framework, but Ophelia says she only sees the futility in his plan. She takes the vodka bottle from him and drinks. She instead wants them to suffer. She attacks White T in a fit of desire, but bashes his head in instead. Eh, girl, you, you you need some therapy now. <laughs> like real therapy. <laughs> she looks up to see another Ivanov LMD watching her and asks if she feels better now. She's unsatisfied. At the base, Mustache's men only find three bodies. They leave, and a portal opens from another dimension through Ada's old portal. Remember the one from last season that she built? Or was it earlier this season? It was earlier this season. It was like the last pod. Okay. (laughs) Or right at the very end of the first pod or something like that. Yeah. So, what comes out of the the portal? What? Ghost Rider! Do-do-do-do! Uh, with his hellfire chain. The CG on the on the on the on the Ghost Rider did not look great, by the way. Mm. Well, not they, as good as they had to go for something cheaper. <sighs> yeah. So in the tag scene, Yo-Yo wakes up in the framework, strapped to a table as the world falls apart around her. <gasps> and that's it. Okay, do you have anything other to say about this act? Um. I really, I did feel tense. It was kind of hard because I had a, a, I had a baby Groot climbing all over me. Um, (laughs) But I I did feel tense and I did feel like we are coming to some sort of resolution. It was the first time that I felt um, Ada actually as a menace. And it was the first time that I felt the superior actually as something other than laughable. Um, yeah. Like he's he's a threat now. Like he's actually a threat now because he's some sort of unstoppable thing who can literally just press control P like a thousand times. And <laughs> um he'll keep doing that until he uh, accomplishes his goal, I guess. So that's that's good. Um I'm glad to see Fitz and Simmons back in <sighs> 
comfortable matrimony, I guess. I don't know. Mm. But as soon as characters get comfortable, that's when you have to make them uncomfortable or else you have no drama. Mm. I wouldn't say comfortable, but they're at a starting place mm-hmm. to to heal. Still. Yeah. You gotta, I mean, like I said, one of them's gonna get shot across the universe, one of them's gonna go back in time. I don't know. Yeah. They haven't really done time travel in the MCU, so maybe there's that. <sighs> now I'm thinking of Star Trek episodes. Enter- Time Zero Parts 1 and 2. And there was an episode of Enterprise. At least one I can think of. Which one? Uh, it's the one where they go back to the 1950s. Oh, that wasn't a that wasn't a Star Trek. I mean, that wasn't a Travel back in time, that was a story that may or may not have been true. Oh, that's right. Yeah. To yeah. Paul. Yeah. So you got me talking. You got me talking about Star Trek again. <laughs> they, they say, hey, to Paul, tell us a story. And she's like, OK. So she tells him this grand story, which was a great episode, by the way. Yes. Um, I forget the name of the episode, but it's it's fantastic. And uh, you find out that Vulcans invented Velcro. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, that's not true. And she's like, you told me to tell you a story. And Vulcans don't lie. And Vulcans don't lie. But maybe she exaggerated some. But then she goes back to the thing, and back to her quarters, and she opens it up, and she finds the Velcro purse or whatever it was. Yeah. Of course, then again, if it's a story, I guess Vulcans could lie if it's fiction. And they know that their audience knows it's fiction, possibly. But that's an, a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> it's very much is that, yeah. that I'm not on. So. Uh, sorry, Daniel. Sorry. Mm, sorry. We're talking about Star Trek. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so what do you have in this uh, in this episode, we got Ghost Rider back. Look at yes, that. Yes, yes. Uh, and I hope he has a better story because I'm still upset that they did not give a really good tender moment between him, his brother, and their uncle before his uncle went nuts. That, I think that was the one thing that would have made the story stronger. I'll agree to that, but I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think we're yeah, going to see it. Yeah, but yeah, that's way in the past. Cannot be fixed. But. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll forgive him, mm-hmm. but I, I do like Robbie. I think he's awesome. I do too, and I really liked the idea that May has no idea about the past four months. <laughs> like in in our you know in our all of this stuff that we've seen May on screen do has not actually been a thing. Well, for <laughs> that a... she re- no, it's been a thing, but some, it's not something that she remembers. Right. It's been four months for us, mm-hmm. but last episode I figured out it for them within the show, it's more like three weeks. Which is still, you know. Two to three kind weeks. Of a long, yeah, kind of a long time. It's a very busy two to three weeks, though. Yeah. Ah. Tell me about it. <laughs> they all need a vacation, man. They do. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to get one. Maybe they can go to Tahiti. Ooh. <laughs> I hear it's pretty magical. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is a part of the show that, that never happens because <laughs> Ben doesn't like it. What do you think is going to happen in the next episode? I think that Ada is going to cause a lot of trouble. But either they will kill her, which mm-hmm. I kind of hope they don't do, or they can contain her and try to teach her what it is to be human. And then eventually they bring her in as an agent or a specialist for S.H.I.E.L.D. You know who she reminds me of? Who? Did you ever watch... You watched Angel, right? Yes. Okay. She reminds me of... Oh, I forget the the demons or god's name that um fred turned into Ilaria. So that's who Ilaria. yeah that's who she reminds me of uh, yeah and if you go back to some of the stuff that they had planned for Ilaria, um 
she was going to be a very pivotal part of that season. Yeah. They didn't go through it. So that'd be an interesting thing to have is this sort of, um, very powerful female character who's kind of out of touch with reality. Yeah. I was thinking about it. She is because of the dark hold. She's extremely powerful. Um, She's on par with, uh, oh, what's the name of the god in this universe? I was reading his name earlier today. Oh, Thor? Not Thor. <laughs> Thor is a demi... I'm talking about Thanos' grandfather. Oh, I don't... Yeah, I forget his <laughs> this name. This is why I have Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Thanos' grandfather? Ronan? Uh, Celestial? I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there is yelling at, at, at their iPod or, or other so, listening device. <laughs> listener, listener, I'm talking. Hey, hey, listener, listener. You, you there yelling at me right now. <laughs> Dial the phone. <laughs> Call the voicemail line that Ben will put in maybe, or we'll have to, or something. I don't know. It would have been really awesome if I had it right now. Oh, and I do. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm looking at it. If you are yelling at your phone right now, and you would rather yell at me personally, or me, (laughs) or Samantha, one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. That again. One seven seven five 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 three eight three five second seven. Okay. Okay. Cool. Call and leave us voicemail. Yes. Tell us how wrong we are that that is not Thanos's grandfather. Mm-hmm. Well, it 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 may be different in the MCU compared to the comics, uh, because um, in the comics, um. Peter Quill's Star Lord's father is somebody completely different. It's not. It's somebody else. It's. It's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Daniel. At, at which point, Daniel call will punch in, in the face. and yell at us. No, Daniel won't watch this episode for another year and a half. So. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, should we head on to feedback? Yeah, sure. Do you have anything else for this episode? Um, I, feel like... I think that's it. Oh, I wanted to talk about Mace. Yes, Re- you need to talk about Mace. Remember I'm... when I said that I never, I for- kept forgetting to mention this, but remember when the Patriot died? Yes. And do you remember when I said I thought he had a huge crushy crush on Simmons? Yes. Well, I may not have been talking about it, but I still maintain that the late Jeffrey Mace, the Patriot, had a gigantic crush on Simmons. But he was very professional about it. Okay. And he will be missed. Yes, I will miss Jeffrey Mace. Uh, now, see, he's somebody. I like that they went back. Well, he's gone in there, mm-hmm. huh? But I like that they went back into the framework. I was kind of hoping that we would see um, Mac and Hope at some point in the framework, but I feel like the next episode is going to be, you know, switching back and forth between the framework and the real world and. You know, drama and drama and drama and drama and drama and drama and cliffhanger. Yeah. And, oh, we didn't get picked up. We, I don't know if they didn't get picked up, but wouldn't it suck if they didn't get picked up? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not going to get resolved. It's certainly not going to get resolved in a movie. Yeah. And maybe a comic book. Maybe. Maybe. An MCU comic book? Because they've had such a rip-roaring record with those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the actor who played Mace. Mm-hmm. If I ever go to a convention, 
and I had a chance to ask him one question, I will say, in your head, did Mace have a crush on Simmons? Mm -hmm. Because I think if there were under different circumstances, I could seriously see them dating. Hmm. I could see him wanting to date her. Yeah. I don't know if she would, because I feel like she would... Fitz compliments her so well... Yeah. ...that without Fitz, she's just another wallflower. Yeah. Who who would look at Mace going, why are you making advances on me? I'm no... I'm... No, don't, don't, no, no, this makes me uncomfortable. Well, here's the thing is that um, the reason what what's made me realize what was what may have been going on in his head was she stood up to him. He was going to bully her with a lie detector test, and she didn't want to take it because she was holding a secret about Ada. Mm-hmm. And uh, she found she realized something about him and she was going to blackmail him in order to not take the test. Mm-hmm. And. Some men like it when they're challenged, and she challenged him. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. My argument there, though, is I don't think she would have stood up to him if Faith, if Faith, Faith, if Fitz wasn't around. Like, if she'd never met Fitz, she would never be on the team she wouldn't have left her cubicle true very true and i don't think Fitz would have either like i feel like together they're a better person than they are separate right and they make each other want to be better people though i think they are interesting characters individually but together they're exponential of what they were separately i i think they're interesting characters only when they are compared to the characters that we've grown to love. You know, if if mm-hmm. you take see that's what made Fitz in the framework so interesting, right? Because we we had known that Fitz was this kind of lovable nerdy science kid. In the framework, he's a Hydra agent. <laughs> he's like the head of Hydra and it's very creepy, but it's interesting because we juxtapose him being um, nerdy science kid to the head of Hydra. Hmm. It was like when it was like when um, Simmons was Hydra. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean now. Yeah. <sighs> but you could make the argument that she wouldn't be where she. That neither of those characters would be where they are now if Grant, if Ward hadn't, like, tried to kill them at the end of the first season. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. And I still maintain that we should still be seeing some brain damage with Fitz. But nonetheless. <laughs> well, you could make the argument that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> now there is. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Okay. So should we go back, go on to feedback now? Yes, let's go to feedback. Okay. Shield Field Report. So, do we have any feedback, Samantha? <gasps> no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and that's not to say that you, some of you guys didn't write in, so keep writing in. Please keep writing in um, or calling in or whatever. Um, that's really just to say that... Uh, I never got any links to any feedback, so we may end up reading next week's feedback. This week's feedback next week. Yeah. But. Hey, we're still new at this. Leave us alone. I know. But last week, Agent Jason from California asked. uh, He mentioned that Ada now has inhuman powers. Does she have one power or all the powers of every inhuman she experimented on in the framework? I didn't think that through when I saw the episode because I was just too blown away that she has some powers. I didn't think 
Mm-hmm. Does she have all of the inhuman powers? Um, and I will venture to say that the Bant thing, yeah, she stole that from Gordon. Um, but because he even brought it up and no one else in the podcast mentioned it. I, I think I know what you're about to do and I'm going to say yes, do it because no one's here to stop us. All right. Should we do it? Do it. Do it. Do it now. Okay. The new prize winner of the day. Yay! Yay, No prize. You get a no prize. Yay, Agent Jason. Yay! I'm not going to get anything except for yay. Yeah, don't save any space on the on the shelf because it's not going to be there. Uh, (laughs) So congratulations, Agent Agent Jason. Jason. Caught something that none of us none of us caught. Oh, I got half of one. I forget for what, but oh, I've gotten a no prize. I'm saying Anyways. he didn't. He caught a thing that none of us caught. Another no prize. Only get one no prize. I've lobbied for a second okay. no prize, and, and I've been told no. Uh so I guess, you know, that is true. I mean, that's two right. times zero is still zero. <laughs> you still won't get anything yeah. if, you, if you get two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do, you ha- do you want to say anything uh, before we go? Yes, this has been very fun tonight, Samantha. And maybe maybe after Ben <laughs> hears this, he'll, he'll uh, let us do it again. That'd be cool. Okay. <laughs> Either that or fire us. <laughs> let's hope it's not the latter, but you know. Yeah, let's hope not. Uh, <laughs> um, but I wanted to say thank you to everybody who is listening. And uh, next week is the last episode for the season of Agents of Shield, and then after that we will return to the Netflix series. And I I have bought something recently on Amazon to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not to say which one, but it is brought up, um, the Bushido code or the code of the samurai. I've read part of it before, but now I've bought the whole book, the whole book translated from Japanese to English. I'm going to read it, but I remember that in the passages I have read before or the pages that I have read before, there actually are a few funny passages in there. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7, Episode 196, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, 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 uh. 197. Oh! <laughs> so let's see. Now you have a blooper. Beep. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll get lucky my cat will start meowing over my shoulder again. Oh, that's always... That's luck, for sure. <laughs> On the oil rig, the Ivanov L- LMD's black coat and hammer guy... I'm sorry, it's, it's black jacket. I changed it. I'm sorry. Let me start over again. On the oil rig, the Ivanov LMD's black jacket and hammer guy are preparing for an attack on Colson May and the incapacitated. Start over. Take three. On the oil rig, the Ivanov LMD's black jacket, hammer guy are... uh,
Why can't I get through this sentence? Okay, so the. No, 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 no! Oh, I'm doing do it again. again. I'll do it again. <laughs> Coulson electrifies Black Jacket, who steps uh, in a puddle of water, and Matsy Hammer. <laughs> oh my I don't gosh! Know what she wrote either. Uh... Oh, May Hammer's the Hammer guys. I'm gonna have so many outtakes. <laughs> Okay. Coulson electrifies Black Jacket, who steps in a puddle of water and may hammers Hammer Guy to death. It, it was brutal, man. It was brutal. Should we give him a no prize? I kind of think we should do it. Okay. If nothing else, nobody's here to stop us. It's true. <laughs> I kind of feel like Oprah right now. You get a you no get prize. You get a no prize. You, you get, get a no, no prize. prize. <laughs> And you okay. know what? That's actually recording, so there's your uh, post. <laughs> okay. <laughs>